0: Hello and welcome to the Book of Acts. We're walking slowly and gently through the Book of Acts, looking at how the early church responded to to trials, to dangers, to temptations, to persecution, and how God acted on their behalf, how they acted for God. So here we are in chapter 12 of the Book of Acts, finishing up after a remarkable couple of weeks where the church has been persecuted, Peter's been released. So I'm just going to pray, Lord Jesus, would you open our hearts to your word? Would you instruct us by your truth? Would you make our hearts come alive, Holy Spirit? Would you lead us into all truth? Would you guide and govern us as we open up the word of God? Would we see God more clearly? Would we have our hearts set aflame for your great purposes in our time? Amen. So I'm just going to read out Acts chapter 12, verses 20 to 25. The death of Herod. Now Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, and they came to him with one accord. And having persuaded Blastus, the king's chamberlain, they asked for peace because their country depended on the king's country for food. On an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat upon the throne, and delivered an oration to them. And the people were shouting the voice of God and not a man. Immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down, because he did not give God the glory, and he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. But the word of God increased and multiplied, and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem, when they'd completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. So previously, we've seen throughout this chapter how Herod, who dies here, has been persecuting the church. First of all, he beheads James, he imprisons Peter, and last week we saw Peter was released from prison, and we saw the passionately praying church... That who could barely believe that it was Peter who they'd been praying for, who'd been released, was at their door. And today we hear of the demise of Herod. And what a change of circumstances it is. We began the chapter with the church on the run, its leaders being killed, imprisoned. And we see the, we see the church praying. And now, at the end of the chapter, we see God as the last word. The persecutor is dead. So it says that Herod was angry with the people, they came to him with one accord, and having persuaded Blastus, the chamberlain, they asked for peace because they depended on the king's country for food. So Herod has got into a dispute with the people of Tyre and Sidon who desire a hearing with, with him, and they, they seek peace. And this intermediary, Blastus, arranges the meeting. So on that appointed day, Herod puts on his clothes, takes a seat on the throne and delivers an oration to them. He speaks to them. And the people begin to shout, the voice of God and not a man. They almost attribute his response. They say, this, this, is, this is like God speaking. And Herod's all dressed up and prideful and he speaks to these people pridefully. Um, these people are angry with him. But then they begin to shout this mysterious response, the voice of God, not a man. And it's not clear why, but it would seem that instead of either helping the situation or bringing peace, Herod was a crowd pleaser and his heart became full of pride. He longed to be accepted. Just like we saw at the beginning of this chapter, he killed James and the the Jews were pleased. He wanted to do that again. He wanted to kill Peter. So this response from the crowd as as they declared this to him, this response was like it was like he was speaking in the way that God spoke, and he took this to heart. He became full of pride. So instead of downplaying this, he accepts their praise, and in his pride he continues. But at that very moment, it said, "An angel strikes him dead." Immediately, an angel at all strikes him down because he did not give glory to God, and he was eaten by worms and breathed last. It's a very mysterious passage but we just take it as it is, that's, that's all we can do. So immediately an angel strikes him down. Maybe it was the same angel that had released Peter from the prison. And the reason is he did not give glory to God. So as I said, we've only got scripture here and we've got other historical accounts from writers around the same time. Um, but essentially he was filled with pride. He did not honor God and he died shortly after this, painfully. And it says then, the word of, but the word of God increased and multiplied. So whatever's happening to Herod and whatever pride he's filling his heart with and he's, he's dying painfully, the word of God just carries on. So after all the commotion, the church continued straight ahead like nothing had even happened. God's purposes will not be halted, not even by the powerful Roman Empire, not even the, the Herod himself. The praying church, having been drawn into God's presence, begins to erupt in growth and multiplication. And the word of God increases and multiplies. So God will not be stopped. The church grows even in persecution. You might say persecution is the time when the church explodes into growth. And it says Barnabas and Saul then returned from Jerusalem where they would completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. So we're not going to hear much more about Peter, who'd just been released from prison, because we now begin to follow Saul and Barnabas from here onwards. But we also meet this character, John Mark, whose mother's house had been the venue of the prayer meeting, and he's now joining Saul and Barnabas. Herod, who raised his hand to touch the church... Is no more, but the church remains and has grown. Isn't that amazing? Herod sought to destroy the church, but he's only served to increase the church and multiply it. Persecution multiplies the church. So, are you persecuted? Are you pressed down and crushed? Do you need to get before God like the early church did? Do you need to walk before Him? Yeah. And watch him as he deals with your enemies. And do you know Jesus? The one who's building this church, this unstoppable church. His bride, his people. Would you know him today? Him who's seated on the throne, the Lamb of God, that Prince of Peace. Jesus, who died on the cross for you. Would you come to know him today? And his unstoppable purposes in the world. Lord Jesus, I just pray for anyone who does not know the glory of your presence, who doesn't know your your touch and your voice, who doesn't know what it's like to be part of a family on mission, to be part of the church, Jesus' church in all the world, would you draw them into your people? Would you draw them amongst your people with their hearts? Be set aflame for your glory. Amen.